When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And you can tell our friends and they can have my things when we're dead. But we Boys, 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 cast. First podcast exclusively for the boys. We're back. The kids been out doing stand up. A joke that was making me uh, my chuckle for like a a full half day. I said, uh, you know, I was talking about girls in bushes because, you know, how girls are kind of like I I, I originally had a joke where I said, listen, if uh, girls want to have underarmpit hair, that's fine. But don't get mad when I tug it. And then I said, I said, or they don't like it when they tug it. And I said, whatever, if you want to have a bush, but don't get mad when you have to pick my gum out of it. Eating out, <laughs> eating out a girl who's got a bush with your gum. We're back in business. And some other funny things too. I, was, I wrote like, you know, a lot. I was kind of, it was a, it was a big decision. I was like, We're, you know what? That's it. I'm back. I'm going to do all the shitty shows. I'm going to put together hours. I'm, I'm back in the game. I was talking about how it used to be, you know, activism's just gotten so much easier right now. Because back in the day, kid, people used to go to Africa and then take a picture with a little black kid. And they go, look at me, I'm helping. Now they don't even have to take the plane. They just find a guy in Brooklyn. They're like, look, this guy isn't even a CEO. So they've gotten a lot easier. And there's lots more to that joke, but I'm not going to do a bit. I think we're better for punchlines when we're on the podcast. My war on spectrum continues. We live in New York City. And they haven't figured out internet. I might as well be in Abu Dhabi. I was having a conversation with someone. I was complaining about that. And they were like, you know, that would be why the government, you know, what if, if, see, if the government ran the internet, like you wouldn't have that. I was like, this is literally an example of what happens when you have a monopoly on something. This is one company, Spectrum, basically in the entire like New York City, any walk up in downtown Manhattan, essentially they have a monopoly on it. So they're the only ones that can have uh, internet there. So you literally, when you go searching for places, you have to be like, this is Spectrum here. So when you move into this place, they're the only place that can give you the internet. And lo and behold, it's garbage. They call, like, we it went out at night. It was like, you know, midnight. I was going to like watch this documentary. And internet just doesn't work. We call them. It goes, hey, uh, internet's down what's going on and they were like but it's i did i didn't actually say that because it's an answering machine and they go you know what can the internet is currently down they you know they've got one guy just like with a hammer just banging around at stuff doesn't know what he's doing he's got some elastics tying stuff up and then you go and then they go oh if um if you want we can give you a call when it's uh (laughs) when it's uh finished and i go all right we press the button to give a call and it goes unfortunately we can only give you calls between the hours of eight and six i go well then fuck me I guess it's jerking off to a picture of titties is where I'm at. Now, the election. I'm not going to talk about this too much, but lots happen. I feel like every every week I do a boys cast. It's like, Jesus Christ, the amount of things that have happened. So I did a full episode of this, uh, you know, with Danny Polishuk and Patrick on the Patreon where we kind of discussed. And those guys kind of disagree on a lot of stuff. So I, I w- went back and forth and both of them gave their opinions. You know, like certain people I'm watching are like, Trump's still winning. You know, I, 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 I'm watching people post like, boy, is everyone going to be, you know, feeling stupid when Trump takes this. And they would, this would cause the World War Nine. It would skip World Wars because it would be so extravagant. But if you were to talk about whether there's fraud, you know, and everyone, it's, there's, there's some obvious takes that you can probably listen to every podcast and everyone, you know, I could be that guy that comes in and tells you, 
wow, the people who complained about Russia for four years, now they don't think there's fraud. I could be that guy that tells you the same thing every other podcast tells you and, and you know, thinks it's original. But the truth is, who knows? You know, was, do I think these governments will do fraud? Yeah. Do I think that every, all these politicians lie? Yes. Do I think that anyone who's like, a, you know, thinks Trump is Hitler is they would, you know, first thing they would do when they would go back time is shoot baby Hitler and they think he's that. Do I think these people would be willing to, you know, throw votes in the garbage? Yes. So obviously, do I think it's enough to sway the election? What do I know? I don't know. What am I going to do research? <laughs> I'm going to, am I going to start like looking at, well, this one's up by 14,000. If you actually, I'm, I'm looking at names and I'm searching databases. I don't know. He either wins or he doesn't. I don't, you know. It's, it's basically it's who can cheat more at this point. If I was to guess right now, I don't think this is getting overturned. I think you'll see Joe Biden president and my spectrum situation is going to continue down the same rabbit hole. By the end of it, my internet will literally be me with a tin can just telling information to the rest of the residents of the, that's how I'm going to be broadcasting this podcast through a tin can. Thank you, Joe Biden. The real story is the censorship stuff. So if you see some of their platforms, you know, if you kind of look at what, uh, you know, because Kamala Harris is always tweeting like, these are the things we're going to do. And a lot of it's like a censorship body for meanness. Like, remember when I did my 20 year old girl opinions video and it was kind of like, you know, we need we want a meanness council. A lot of their opinion, a lot of their platforms are kind of like that. You know, they say three things about actual politics or whatever policy. And the other things are like, you know, we'll make sure diversity this, diversity that. You know, women. <laughs> just one, one Number five is just like a, the word woman. And then they have, uh, we're going to make body of the internet. So yeah, probably not great for all that stuff. P- probably not good. If that, uh, you know, they're going to have a meanness council. I've seen some of the craziest takes too. The funniest is when you look at the articles, like, a couple of this pointed out to me that or that uh, stuck out to me it was like sources say Trump's going to board himself in the White House. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to go out like Al Pacino and fucking mob movies. One last say hello to my little friend. That's Donald Trump now. I don't think that's going to happen. Trump is going to jail. Yeah, he's not going to jail. Can you imagine the precedent of like a, a United States president going to jail? I know a lot of people are like, he's a war criminal. And, and everyone's like, every president's a war criminal. And you're like, newsflash, they're not going to jail. But it's nice to think that, I guess, if you hate, you know, politicians and you're like, this guy's getting locked up. No one's getting locked up. It is kind of funny that he's blue balling everyone. You know, everyone that was kind of like, yeah. But then they now they're still kind of like, they don't really get to have their victory. I, mean, I, t- I talked about this already on the Patreon too, but the, on in Brooklyn, we went there and everyone's just like nonstop partying. They're, Whoa, they couldn't help it. But you could tell that there was a little bit of like, oh, it still isn't quite, we don't quite have it. And Antifa, they were about to, you know, they were going to rage. They had the Molotov cocktails ready and now they're having the will they won't. They just looking at the Molotov cocktails like, you know, I guess someday they have to pour out the Molotov, but they're not really ready to because there's still a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. There's got to be some Antifa people and like rioters. They're just watching this and they're like, oh, Trump just took Alaska. And they're like, you know, they look at the Molotov cocktail like one day, but it would be a sad day if they had to throw it out. You know, if they had to take that and just someday maybe in 2024 i was saying there's gonna be a musical of the cops because they walk around they just look so depressed it's a cop eating a big mac (laughs) you just walking down the streets just like everyone every cop right now because everyone hates them so much just in new york just looks like they're about to start a musical you know the the protesters are like fuck you and it's like i'm not so bad i'm just doing my job come on guys i'm just doing my i'm just a big loser. What am I? You know, the lights come down, but it's a flashlight because it's cop-themed one-man show, which are coming back under Biden's America. Get ready for a lot of one-man shows. It's going to be a lot of people dancing around in mesh tank tops. I made a prediction on Twitter. I said, a lot of people's comedy career just got voted out of office. And I think that is true. I mean, imagine you did an entire act on Trump, and I've talked about this. But... The more important part to say is me, Ryan Long, and the boys, one for one. I've released one video after this whole thing, and it's at 3 million views right now. 
I think there was a lot of people that kind of could like it again. You know, a lot of people said Trump's going to be terrible. There's some people that go, Trump was probably so good for comedy. You know, oh, that must be great to have that guy to make fun of. And you go, nah, he w- it wasn't good for comedy. He literally tanked the industry. <laughs> Maybe there was a lot of counterculture, but, you know, he tanked like the mainstream industry. It was decimated by a Trump presidency. But there, then it started to, you know, they started to have all, there were some careers that were made of just, you know, talking shit about Trump. And all those people are done. But I did this video um, and uh, so many people I felt, you know, they could share it again because it doesn't feel like it's helping their enemy. Because before there was a time, I remember a long time ago, where people could watch comedy and like think if it's funny or not and actually just let their body decide. Whereas now they added another filter where they watch comedy and they go, wait, is this helping a Nazi regime? You know, is this on the good side of things? And then once it in, they go, boop, boop, boop. Okay, I can laugh now. Ha, ha, ha. This is on the good guys. So I think there was a lot of, you know, people that are like, oh, order has been restored in their opinion. I saw people cry. (laughs) Some people crying. People I know. There's like, I know, you know, this chick, I know I'm Brooklyn. She goes, me and my friends are crying. (laughs) They're holding hands and crying because Trump got, Trump got voted out. They're that happy about it. This is how I'm going to talk about something from this video. I was so fucking hung up. A lot of people commented when I did that, that last, uh, you know, turning, turning, voting for the wrong thing turned me into a white person. A lot of people commented. They're like, you look like shit, dude. Uh, I'm Corinne Fisher was like, we're watching Ryan age in front of our eyes. And I'm like, I look fine. I was really hung over. I did two hours sleep. And then I woke up at 11. I was like, oh, we're filming this. And then people kept coming out onto me street. Cause I'm like such a big deal now. And people literally, they go, oh, what's up? But some, and sometimes you know, people just say hi and whatever, take a picture. And a lot of times they'll, they'll be like, Oh, what's up? And they'll be like, so what are you filming now? And they go, um, how do you think of your jokes? Like they want to talk and then or worse than that. They just stand there and you have to talk and you go, uh, so what's your name? You, they like put you in the position where you have to make the conversation. And because I don't love awkwardness in that scenario, I in, indulge in it. I, and I, again, I'm always talking about people being stupid and stuff. And I am, uh, retarded in a lot of ways. This is a perfect example. So I did that. I did that video and I bleep out the swear words. And one of the reasons is um, because I don't think it takes anything away. I think you can like monetize and people share it a little easier. But more importantly, there are times where I think when you say fucking a thing, it's it's funny. Like the way they said I did that one video and, and that Aiden guy goes, that motherfucker's name is Doug. And I was like that the way he says that is so funny that you don't want to bleep it out. But a lot of times. When you're saying this motherfucker, like the bleep, it actually kind of makes it a little funnier. So I was like, it almost makes it funnier in a lot of scenarios. And plus it can get shared more and stuff. So I usually do it. But the last two times I bleeped out swear words, <laughs> forgot one. <laughs> so I literally bleep out five swear words and then <laughs> just say exact same thing because there's one. There was, um, there was like, uh, my fr- people were all kind of like ragging on me for how dumb I was the other day. And I'll t- I know what one of the things that people kill me the most on is that that billionaire thing when I had to do the podcast and take it down. They because <laughs> I, you know, I went to this I went to the thing with a bunch of these guys that had, you know, billions of dollars. And then I signed this NDA and then I did a whole podcast <laughs> saying basically everything that happened. And then my chick always goes, she goes, tell them what you named the podcast. And I go, I went to a conference with billionaires, <laughs> I went to a secret billionaire conference. She's like, ah, and they go, ah, it's sort of like the Bart Simpson thing where they go, tell him what you, to say the thing, say the thing. What'd you call it? I go, I called it. I went to a billionaire conference. And they go, ah, so on all the, on all the places I posted this, one of the big things that everyone talked about was the cat calling. So, because I, I did the, in the middle of it for anyone who doesn't remember, I went up, I was pretending to be a, like a white, black guy trapped in a white guy's body. I go, yeah, what's up, girl? And this girl peeks. She goes, fuck you, you ugly piece of shit. You know, I can't believe you say this. And she starts chasing me. And then the, that's what I wanted. I didn't think I'd get, I wanted some girl to get mad. And then I go, because oh, I'm white. That was kind of like the joke. But I didn't realize it was going to take me 10 seconds to get a freaking out. So it got me talking, thinking a lot about catcalling because every, you know, on all the platforms, there was like a huge discussion, not everyone, but there was like a, you know, 80, 80 threads on two different places of people arguing about catcalling, people being like, men need to leave them alone. And then girls being, you know, people being like, he just said, hey, and that girl had like a literal conniption meltdown. And 
Catcalling is one of the... So I have an article too, but catcalling is such an interesting phenomenon because, you know, it's one of those things where culturally, obviously certain types of cultures do catcalling more. And, you know, in the feminist hierarchy and all the, you know, intersectionality, you're not allowed to really call those cultures out. Like, especially if you go to like Harlem and black guys are catcalling, women can't be like black guys. So they just have to sort of clump everyone in. But it's like, you're not seeing, you know, some, uh, let's say a French guy, you know, on the streets, like, hey, <laughs> French accent, woman. It's a specific type of culture that's like, yeah, what's up, girl? And more importantly, when people go, okay, I will say, why, okay, so why do people catcall and is it bad? And the first part about that, the first part of that is in New York, it is pretty aggressive. But the reason they do it is because it works. So it's both sides of this. Now, I will say, I've, I've seen chicks where, like, <laughs> I was being with, like, a, you know, a comic or whatever or something, and, like, a guy, they'll be walking, and a guy will be like, yo, what's up, girl? And she goes, oh, I have a boyfriend. She goes, does your boyfriend treat you right? Does your boyfriend treat you right? And he, like, gets in her face. He's like, yo, tell me he treats you right. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. you know, it, it is a lot. And I said, I used to go to the village when the stand-up was happening where, like, the comedy seller was like that. And a lot of the guys would be like, yeah, what's up, girl? You know, and it would be one of those things where they would be talking to you, and they'd be like, oh, so how, how many sets are you doing? Like, oh, where were you earlier? I'd be like, oh, I used to stand this, this, this. go, oh, crazy, yeah, I'm doing, the, I'm actually doing this showcase later. And then a girl would walk by, I'm actually doing this show. Oh, yo, what's up, baby? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, girl. Yeah, what's up? Yo, oh, no, no, okay, all right, all right. Yo, you holler at me later then and come back to me. So anyways, uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, shows, like, and they go their whole, like, you can't have a conversation with them without catcalling cat 14 girls. <laughs> but the reason people do it is because it works. Like, every one of those guys has a story about, like, smashing chicks that they hollered at on the streets. Dude, I have my friend Anthony in Toronto. He's, like, a funny comic. And he was, like, the story was... I remember being outside of like a strip club with him and it was just because the comedy club was there. We weren't even at the strip club and literally the exact same thing. We were walking up to the comedy club and before we got up to the comedy club, the strippers were, who were going into their job, baby, 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 baby. It's like two strippers, baby, baby, yo, yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, I'm Anthony girl. What's you, you got a boyfriend? You got, but they're going to work at a strippers. <laughs> he can't stop yelling at them. But this guy has like smashed like tons of girls from yelling at them on the street. You know, we talk about this in our checker, but the, he he brought a girl. He was in a car <laughs> with this other comic, Chris. So the two of them were driving and a hot girl was on the street. And he goes, pull over, pull over, guys. I'm not pulling. He goes, pull over, pull over. He pulls the car over and he goes, yo, what's up, mama? Like all that shit. Yeah, what's up? Yo, 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 can I talk to you for a second? Come on, let me holly for a second. And the girl walks over to the window he talks to her, yo, where are you going? Where are you going? Yo, are you busy tonight? I'm, I do, I'm a comedian, you know, I do comedy, you know, <laughs> he's telling the whole thing. Gets her number, and then he's chatting with, and then he go, he leaves. He's in the car chatting with her, and then the guy who's driving, he goes, yo, you got to let me out because she agreed to meet. Half hour later, so an hour later, he pulled over the car to yell at her, and then half an hour later, he goes up and meets with her, and then <laughs> bring her back to his house and fucks her. So I was doing a joke like that about dick pics because it's the same thing. So, because the moral of the story is everyone's complicit. Like, you know, people got to, you know, have, be respectful. But at the same time, it's like girls have to stop fucking guys that aren't respectful. So if you, if, a, if an action is working over and over again, and you're like, why are these guys catcalling? It's like mm, a simple answer because they just got head. Like I, the, the, everyone just does the thing that works for them. And then they watch some other guy do it and bring home girls. And people are like, uh, yo, don't do that. And it's like, okay, but it's like working like a charm or not even a charm. You have to do it a hundred times. But what's the difference between doing that a hundred times and messaging a hundred girls on Instagram, messaging a hundred girls on Twitter or Tinder or anything? It's just that's the system. <laughs> it's kind of shameless, but it works. I said, I said, girls go, you know, men need to stop sending dick pics. And I'm like, girls need to stop fucking guys that send dick pics. Because, you know, girls will all be like a group of girls. Yeah, oh, you can't, uh, you know, the men need to stop sending dick pics. The, you know, we would never fuck a girl, guy would send a dick pic. And you got one girl in the crew being like, yeah, for sure. Would never do that. That sucks. Doesn't mention she went to his house and sucked it. So it's the same thing when you see these girls with like makeup and fake lips and 
you know, breast implants. And a lot of people will be like, why would they do that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, guys don't, if guys don't like that stuff or girls are like, that's such a stupid thing. Why would you do that? And it was like, see that Gucci bag she's holding? Yeah, some, that, those lips just got a guy to pay for that. A lot of dudes like that look and they pay for shit. So girls do that. They watch their friend get some fucking fake lips and then now she's getting meals right and left or whatever. So you, obviously people like move in their incentives and people want to pretend that's not how it happens. In my personal scenario, I've, I will tell the full thing, but I've literally met my ex-girlfriend that I dated for like two or three years from messaging on Instagram. I just felt like it was everyone's playing in all these pawns and people go, oh, you shouldn't do that. And you go, okay, but it worked though. You know, it's anything's, it's like that same thing. Anything's you could say is creepy until it works. And then once it works, you go, well, it's creepy the other 90 times. It's like, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like when will people stop? When biology changes, when the culture changes, like most people are reactionary and especially men. So yeah, if that happens, you're right. If girls decide as a whole <laughs> that we're going to do that, anytime a guy, that ramifications or you go, what's up, girl? And they go, ah, you with their purse. You're right. That'll probably slowly phase out catcalling. But you're going to have to commit to it. You're going to have to commit to that. And all of us are going to have to see that shit. White catcalling is a little more like, there she is. <laughs> That's I, If I, I would say like, if me and my friends were out and we were trying to pick up girls in the streets, which we have, you go... I would, you would never be like, yeah, it wouldn't be smooth like that. You go, oh, there she is, found her. <laughs> okay, oh, there, there you go. Oh, that's her, that's found her. And there's whatever, you know what I mean? Okay, so, <laughs> but the thing is, when I met the girl, I, blah, 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 I met her. And then by the end of the night, I literally hit her up on Instagram. And then that night, met up, and then we dated. As Danny Polishuk said, yeah, it worked a little too good. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, I cracked the code. You know, and then once we got out of the relationship, I was like, let's dust off the old trick that I only got to use once. So it, it will be funny if that's how, you know, there's got to be some couple out there that that's how they met. That's the story. How did I meet your mother? Well, it was 2012 and we were hanging out. I was walking with my friends to the church and your father, Darnell, came up behind me and said, hey, yo, what's up, bitch? Hey, yo, bitch. Yo, show me them titties, bitch. And I just knew it was love at first sight. And oh, the first time I, no, or the first time I didn't feel so great about it, I said, oh, you know, you got to make them work for it a little bit. So then the next day I came back and he said it again. Hey, yo, slut. And then I, I, but I said, you know, never on the second time either. I kept making him wait for it. And then the the 80th time I walked in that catwalk he was with nine other guys and it was dimly lit to create the environment and he said suck my dick you bitch and that's when I knew this persistent man was gonna be my husband and it doesn't work the other way you know it's always those things where they try to make it equal because you know there's this big thing where it's like are we equal are we not equal and they'll go well would you like it if girls catcalled you and everyone's like yes yeah you would <laughs> that's even girls some some of them you know especially if you're in a group of girls and one girl's like oh what's up girl and she's like huh uh, and it goes oh not you no 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 not you she'd be like Mrah. i mean a lot of girls have that kind of joke of like you know uh a homeless guy was hey what's you know what's up baby and it's like oh i have a boyfriend he's like no 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 can you give me money which is a lot of times what you think i think i think when you see a lot of guys excuse me excuse me you're like am i being catcalled and probably a lot of the time it's can i give you money but they go would it work the other way well this is a girl wouldn't want the follow-through a girl would come up to a guy and be like oh yeah look at that look at that ass on that guy and i'd be like let's go right now uh, i'll buy a hotel what do you want to do what you want your place or mine and the girl's like i was trying to make a point <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna get mad and then i was gonna sort of film it and post how do they like it <laughs> turns out now i'm just fucking 10 dudes a day because <laughs> every dude would just like a, a girl would literally i'd say one in two guys would be like yeah yeah let's do this <laughs> so it doesn't really work the other way but vice magazines on the case they didn't expose because there was a lot of there was a, you know, a good ha half a year where everyone was doing their, like, viral videos of getting catcalled or whatever. And what they said was, they did an expose where a guy went out and he catcalled other men to, sh you know, to make a point. And 
pretty funny that this article even gotten published. It goes, I spent a day in Los Angeles giving every guy who walked past some unwanted verbal attention. I expected anger. What I got was weirdness. So nothing happened. I mean, first of all, if a guy cat calls you, if a guy, it's, you're just like, okay, dude. Second of all, if a guy doesn't say it in a way that is sexual, you just assume it's a crazy person 100% of the time. Like if a guy's, hey, yo, what's up, what's up? I never mind. I go, this dick is not for sale. I am taken. No, you would just be like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking, uh, no, I'm in a hurry right now. I don't change for you, you fucking butt. You know, you, whatever, <laughs> whatever suits your fancy. Get a jo- you need to get a job, you know, however you want to do it. It always makes me laugh the way that they have to propose these articles. Like, I'm going to do a takedown catcalling piece. You're like, what are you going to do? I'm just going to walk around Los Angeles telling guys I want to fuck them. It's like, are you going to fuck any of them? No. Okay. Sweet article. What are you proposing? That, like, that guys don't aren't gay? <laughs> Turns out no one in Los, like, Los Angeles isn't that gay. And the ones that were gay, I like I've, uh, they called me on my bluff and I didn't want to suck them off. Or, or they come back with, you know, cum in his mouth like, didn't work. Comes back with a mouthful of semen like, I don't know it worked. Last month, a group called Holla Back released a video that quickly became one of the most talked about clips of the year. It was the catcalling video heard around the world. And it brought light to the near constant barrage of verbal assault women face as they go about their day-to-day lives. I receive... I, like I said, they do receive verbal assault sexually, but if you're walking around New York City or Los Angeles, you, as a guy, you're receiving a lot of verbal assault. As might have been expected, a lot of men pushed back against the thesis of the video. Not all men and all that, so. I think that that's why I'm proposing a bit of a different thing, because I think that is the instinct of a lot of guys. They go, not all men. That's, you know, not all men do that. But it's, the truth is, it's like, I know normal guys that do this. And the answer isn't that, like, I think you don't fight this by saying, you know, guys are all creeps. You fight it by, like, you know, those guys are all creeps and no, I'm the good one. You know, that's how you just sell out everyone else. Or you kind of say, oh, no, there's this small group of people. I think it's more, it's just like, yeah, if the culture changes, like, we all we all are a part of it. You know, we all got to be part of this thing. If girls, I said, I'm always for it when a girl's like... <laughs> Hey, I'll pay for everything. I go, yeah, and whatever that is, I can fix the toilet. <laughs> oh, I would love that. I, I don't know why we're any of these guys are fighting any of this stuff. Girls are like, I think it should be an even dynamic where we cat call you and you cat call us. I'm all for it. Or if they say no cat calling, it's like, okay. So if you're going to say, you know, we got to stop cat calling, you have to make it stop working or some guy's going to cross the picket lines. You know, if, 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 if there's still, like right now, all of those guys, dude, that dude, Steve, they wrote an article about him, which I've, we always killed him on it because New York Times did an article on guys who like bark on the streets and like yell at girls for like flyers and stuff like that. And in his new, in his article, he told the people that he had sex with like three girls a week. <laughs> it's like, we're kill- I used to bring him on stage like this guy, he, dude, this guy had sex with three girls a week. You hear that from on the streets, cat calling. You know, but he catcalls with a flyer. Like, yo, girl, you like comedy? You like comedy? It's a, you know, comedy catcaller. And then he fucks him after. So there's always going to be one guy that you go, okay, yelling at girls on the streets, like, works sometimes. Every guy doesn't do that. One guy is just going to be like, so all? So you, so all I have to do is do, cross the picket lines and I get all of the sniz? Well, the whole thing has to change. And with, I agree. If you're a guy that like cat calls or whatever, it's like they have all the apps now. It's like you can sit and you can do this whole thing from the comfort of your home with pizza on your stomach, eating popcorn and picking up girls, which you used to have to do all the things. And they're still not nearly as effective because you used to be at bars and there'd be like chicks hanging around. You know, you can pick them up. Now it's 80 percent of those chicks are talking to nine other guys on their phone or whatever if they're single or whatever the hell. I recruited a female friend to accompany me. As a cute female, and she was filming also, so it's like this is how good their experiment was. As a cute female, she could draw upon her experiences of a lifetime of catcalling and coach me on what to say to my targets. <laughs> I mean, she can coach you on what guys said to her. What do you look at those? You ah, oh, you tiny as hell, girl. Love those pigtails. It's not working. This is what the guy said to me. I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> hey, how's it going? He says. No reaction. 
I needed to engage more. <laughs> no clue that it's sexual. A guy walks, how's it going, neighbor? And then, ah, fuck. He didn't care. Guy waved back. It's like, hmm. I wonder why. Tucked, they tucked their heads down and plowed forward with a newfound sense of urgency. This guy went to writing school. Lest, oh, I like that word too. You know, he's really putting his writing to work with his male catcalling article advice. Lest a crazy person on the sidewalk rope them into a conversation or worse, ask them for change. Yeah, that's all I would think. Sort of an ego blow for girls too, right? By the way, that is a good culpable deni- de- deniability if you are the catcalling guy and you, you're yelling at girls and then she starts freaking out and you go, no, you should say you're asking for change. Like, yo, what's up, girl? And she goes, excuse me, catcalling. You go, my name is John and my son is very sick. <laughs> you have like hold cards with you. I am just looking for $100 to get a bus ride back home. I am freshly out of jail. You give them the speech. I'm no stranger to this approach. Anyone trying to talk to me as I go. I'm no stranger to this approach. Anyone trying to talk to me as I go about my daily walking business usually gets iced out with silence. You tell them. And maybe a gesture towards my earbuds. The universal sign for I can't hear you. I use that one a lot. I, <laughs> I go, I'm on the phone. That's a big one for me. Dude, I'll walk from here to like a minute away and I'll get, you know, three people asking me for change. And it's like in the South Park episode, change, change. So I'm on the phone's a good one. I go, dude, I'm on the phone. It's a, I'm talking to the president of an important business meeting. Yes, Congressman. You know, wh- oh, what? You want to sponsor the boys cast? Thank you. <clears throat> I hope this guy does like a, a heel turn at the end. And he's like, so I spent all day catcalling and I had no success. So what I've concluded by the end of this is that catcalling is very hard and they deserve all the poontang that they could get. These guys are putting their blood, sweat, and tears into these lines. I spent a whole day. I got zero dick. These guys are out here on the streets in the cold yelling at girls. God bless their souls when they get it sucked. So I w- that would be I like the vice heel turn. Vice is back. Ah! Also, I'm smoking meth. <laughs> vice glory days. And he kick flips over the poontang. Something like that. Bring it back to the glory days. Hey, man, you should smile. It's a beautiful day. These are what he, the lines he's trying. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of these things with people that are bad at it. Because I do a lot of on-the-street stuff. And it is hard to do, but, you know, I've just been doing it so long and I know how to make things not awkward, especially when there's someone watching and there's someone filming, like, and there's someone there. You feel... You feel the awkwardness when people are really bad. I'm sure people have had someone walk up to them on the streets and try to make a piece out of it. And it's just like, you're just, you feel like embarrassed for them almost. You're just like, ugh, dude, I'm so sorry that you're doing this. <laughs> so you could tell this guy was just like, halfway through this article, he's like, yeah, we have nothing. I've, I really thought that I was going to go out there and yell at guys and they were going to f- flip out on me and I was going to have a how do you like it moment. And every guy was like, top of the morning to you as well. And he, halfway through, he's looking at the girl like, probably shouldn't have brought you. This is even more embarrassing. I'd start with something like, that's a cute jacket, dog. <laughs> Some nerdy vice reporter saying that to me. Oh, yeah, okay, sick, dude. Like nine guys just almost like per... Give me a suplex because I didn't want to give them a dollar fifty. So nice jacket, cutie, is the best thing I've heard on this subway ride. Butching up my voice a bit. You would. <laughs> How good is a vice guy like admitting that he had to butch up his vice, but butch up his voice a little bit? I went from <laughs> nice jacket, dog, and I go, I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta butch it up a little bit. Oh, you have a nice jacket, doggy. Butching up my voice a bit so the recipient wouldn't know I wasn't about any funny business without the compliment. Or, yeah, it wasn't about any funny business without the compliment. Okay. But then the guy would trot back all excited before saying thank you and asking me a bunch of questions about L.A. and what what they could do for fun around here. And would I mind taking a picture of them by this Marilyn Monroe star? Yeah, no one cared. Men who had been the victim of my catcalling only moments before would circle back to wink, smile, or chatting at my female friend. (laughs) That's pretty funny. He's doing a catcalling experiment. Guys walk by. Yeah, dog, what's up? Nice jacket. And the guy goes, oh, thank you. He walks back. Later, he comes back and talks to his cameraman. Like, yo, what's up, girl? He's like, I thought you guys were cool with catcalling. You're up. Well, your friend's obviously gay because he's catcalling me, and you're obviously okay with catcalling because you're hanging out with him. <laughs> bingo, bango. I think we found a match, sister. 
uh, lo and behold, my female friend, after <laughs> complaining about catcalling for the last six months, went back and uh, engaged in intercourse with this strange man. Ah, that's so funny. And this is his conclusion. While I maintain that catcalling is a shitty thing to do, fuck you, catcallers, and if, I, if you can't find another possible way to meet and socialize with strangers, then you deserve to be alone. This afternoon did give me some possible insight into the mind of guys. <laughs> How funny is it that a vice reporter going out and catcalling and saying that, like, I spent a day catcalling and I have a little bit of insight into the mind of guys. You're a guy. <laughs> why, why don't you already have insight into the mind of guys? <laughs> Come on. What would a guy do? <laughs> what would a man do in this scenario? All the vice reporters like, hey, we should write an article from the perspective of a guy. Okay, can anyone, does anyone know any? Uh, all right, uh, Todd, do you know any men? Uh, oh, no, I could do this. Okay, what would a guy do? Think back, think back. What would my dad do? Into the mind of a man. You know, also the other thing about that video is people get a little uptight because of the race thing. I actually, this is one of those ones, and I, I talk about this so much stuff on stage. And it is one of those things where, like, you know, there's obviously a thing where white dudes aren't supposed to talk about race. That's just what it is. And all of the best comedians do. I mean, first of all, so much of comedy is, you know, and sociology is noticing that, like, groups do different things. So, you know, and being good at, like, articulating those observations. You know, ethnic comedy, like, you know, like, take a guy like Russell Peters. That's like 90% of his act. You know, a lot of Def Jam was, you know, this group does this, this group does this. But, it, you know, it's good when it's something that hasn't been pointed out before. When You know, I think that I make some funny ones, like even in the video where, you know, the I said that try to be a grown white man who likes Dragon Ball Z. You kind of make like the observation that like a lot of grown black dudes can like Dragon Ball Z and everyone kind of thinks that's still cool or a little bit. They, they make Dragon Ball Z cool or like... I want I want to be grow into a grown black a old black man that wears unfa unreasonably fancy suits for normal life. You know, little things like that where they're just it's nothing, but I think that you kind of point out a thing that hasn't been like articulated related properly and you're noticing groups. They're trying to make it illegal to notice stuff. And I think the best people can do that in normal life. It's the same way you go cops, so you go every time I, I'm around like a firefighter that's a certain you know way they're kind of like this and my chick was like you know and I kind of you know notice things like that like I've noticed that I remember she was telling me like when she works somewhere that a certain like she noticed a lot of the Middle Eastern guys act a certain way but you know when I meet a Middle Eastern guy I always like wipe that clean I'm like so you're ignoring your brain so your brain says you know 90% of the Middle Eastern dudes I've met kind of act this sort of way they're like a, they have opinions this sort of way and then you go so I have that information and then you ignore it Obviously, once you get to know them, they can prove it wrong. But for you to be like, every time I see a girl with like big fake lips or, ever, or you know, this, uh, the you know, tons of makeup on the eyes, the blue eye shadow and the big hoop earrings, they act a certain way. So I kind of think a certain way when I see that. And then you go, no, 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 no. Don't, st don't stereotype. Like, that's the reason you have a brain. And obviously, it's not exclusively race because if you saw... A certain if you saw a white guy dressed like a gangster, you'd be like, okay, he's gonna be like a certain. You might think he's a certain way. It's just as much culturally as his race. But when you ignore, like, you go, so your brain makes these judgments based on your lifetime of experience, and then you go ignore that. Okay, but that's what sociology is being like. You know, African cultures are more likely to do this. And in Australia, the culture is like that's literally the entire genre of sociology is that. And a lot of comedy is that. Not all. You know, Jerry Seinfeld's noticing things about places or, you know, things, but or how we act as humans, as a species. But it's all like noticing, you know, a lot of it's just noticing observations that people haven't before is one type of comedy. Even alt comedy is noticing observations about comedy. They're kind of like, oh, all comedians do this. And they kind of do these things. You know, if you watch like a lot of these comedy specials where they're kind of like doing an impression of a comedian, even like a Bo Burnham, they're kind of like making fun of things comedians do. So it's all just picking a group and kind of noticing things they do and articulating it better. And they're like, don't want you to do that because you're part of the wrong group. And you go, yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm gonna. One thing I wanted you to check out is so 
There was this song, and I can't play it on here for copyright reasons, but I think you should check it out. It's called Stop Blaming the White Man, and it's it's by this guy called Knox. And it's a black rapper and an Indian singer. And it showed up on my YouTube feed, and I clicked it, and I la- I was laughing so much, I sent it to like five of my friends. <laughs> so the chorus starts out. It's this Indian dude. He's like, you know, kind of like the Drake crew vibe. And he's all, you know, he's dancing. And he's, and they goes, stop blaming the white man. And the whole gist is like, you know, the black the black guy kind of raps. And the, the rapping part's like kind of whatever. It's not that funny. But uh, he goes, you know, we need to take accountability for ourselves. That's kind of the thing. And then he goes, I should have never did the crimes that I did. And then it cuts back to the Indian guy. He goes, I should have never done the crimes that I did. <laughs> he goes, it is. One of the, like, I burst out laughing both the beginning and the middle. I'm telling you, check out that song. It's so fucking funny. Knock, stop, stop blaming the white man. I got new merch coming as of today. So go to bbbofficial.com. And if you're on the Patreon, we have a discount code that's coming today too. And the election recap there, the Patreon, two extra episodes a month. I do early releases whenever I record them early. Right now, I'm recording them early a little less because things change so fucking quick that three days, it can be a different world. And that's the only place that I respond to every message. And, you know, it's a good place to support me if you want to do that because you got to help out the kid and the movement. I'm dropping so much money on these. Dude, I just bought, uh, I just spent... Three hundred dollars on Amazon for props. I'm doing this uh, video this this week. I don't know if it's gonna come out this week, but I'm doing one where uh, it's gonna be a feminist. My my mom went back to college, and I just bought like the funniest. Sh- I just bought. I just went like looking up all this funny stuff. I, Danny's gonna play a kid, and I bought him like a propeller hat, like all the stuff. I got carried away, but that's just the prop budget for that one video alone was three hundred bucks. Okay, so boys' questions. I want to answer this question. As someone sent me, because it's a good one. And I'm not going to say who it is or whatever, but he says, my chick brings up marriage. This is from the Patreon, too. My chick brings up marriage all the time after four years of being together. And I don't want to get married until at least my 40s. I have no interest in this. And I'm in my late 20s. And what should I do? How can I get her to stop talking about this? And... This is like a tough one that I think a lot of people deal with. You're dating someone... And they want to move it forward and you don't want to move it forward. But there is like, and you're kind of go, am I being an asshole? What's the moral code? And I think the moral code for, for your, I'll tell you the moral code in general. And then I'll tell you the moral code for your specific scenario. Because I have had, you know, of course, everyone's had some version of this situation unless they just, you know, picked the chick and got married and did the whole thing. But the truth is, it's not absolute. It depends on their age. So in general, I do think there is a point where it is wrong to string a girl along forever. So if you are dating someone and you're, you know, you're getting close to like 30 or whatever and you're together and you've been together for five years and you're, she wants to move it forward to marriage or whatever and you don't, if, if you're planning to get married and stay with her forever, I think you could probably hold off for another two years, you know, because that's the last card you have. But you can't hold off for another 10 years. Like, all of these things are little cards, you know? She wants something you have. And then once she gets the marriage card, she's going to want a baby. So if you're planning to, like, I want to be, I'm going to be with this chick forever. Like, that's that. It's settled. Like, we're in. But I just don't want to move everything so quickly. I don't want to have marriage. I don't want a kid. I want to push all this stuff a little bit. But you're going to be with her. I don't think there's any, like, moral problem of, like, delaying that as far as possible. But if you're kind of like, I'm going to wait. I don't want to do any of this stuff for 10 years. And then she's 40. What's like, well you kind of need to understand you have to let her go. So it's an age thing. So if you're, but if you're, I, and I've had that with a girl where we were like, you know, getting 30 and it's like, I, I know that I'm kind of just not interested in any of that stuff right now. I got too much stuff. I'm moving all around. I just, it's, and as a guy, you can do that when you're older. Like I, dude, Bill Burr just had kids at fucking like 48. It's Aaron Berg. He just had a kid. He's like, you know, 47 or eight or something like that. And it's like, no big deal. It's totally, but you can't, but they can't. So, you have to date people younger and that's kind of the game. If you're dating someone that's like 22 and you know, you're kind of stringing her along and it's like, and you kind of in your mind, you're like, I'm, I'm going to get out of here, but you can't do that when they're fucking 30 and you also have to let, and you also can't do that for 10 years. So 
That, that is the thing. If you kind of know I don't want to be in like a long-term relationship forever, like I'm date, I don't want to date a, meet a chick right now and be with her for the next 30 years. Like I know that. Well, then you kind of should date girls that are young enough. And then, yeah, like every two or three, yeah, after three, four years when it's getting too serious, you know, two years probably you'd be like, you know, find a way to get out. Then the question becomes, how do you break up? Option, you could get caught cheating. <laughs> but that's the hard part. And there's, how do you break up? You man up and do it. You can't, which sucks. No one wants to do that. You make up some bullshit about why you're not compatible. You convince her. I, I'll tell you what doesn't work. The version where you just be like, I'll be like a crappy boyfriend until she gets fed up and leave. She won't leave. Not maybe you're maybe you'll be really crappy. <laughs> but most guys, you know, they kind of play that move. You'll just fight more and they won't go anywhere. Because like the truth is most people stick in relationships, both genders, stick it out for, you know, they'll stick it out. So... Unless they're already, but if this person is trying to get married to you and they're looking for it, maybe they'll you'll, they'll get pushed so far where they say, you know what, fuck it, I'm like I need this, whatever. But the truth is, you can say, listen, I'm if you, if you're kind of saying, oh, ten years down the line, maybe you're basically saying no. So if the answer is no in this case, you're you're both like basically thirty or almost there. She wants to get married now. You want to get married in ten years. You know, it's that's not compatible in my opinion. It's like. I would say, you know, that doesn't make sense. I bet you my guess would be if that that girl who like talks about nonstop wants to get married, if you broke up with her, in two years she'll be married to a guy. And you'll be with some other chick that's her five years ago and who cares? So I think everyone's a little too precious about all this stuff. It's like, there's, dude, there's so many chicks. It's like, there's no perfect one. There's ones that are like close to perfect for you and they have benefits that maybe they came up with you so they kind of know your whole story and that whole thing's a benefit. You know, they saw the whole thing happen so they have like a respect for you the way that other people don't. But so, you know, 50% of people kind of have kids with someone then get divorced and end up with someone else anyway. So it's like, I wouldn't take it so seriously. In your mind, decide like, am I going to be with this person in 10 years? Or do I really kind of want out and I'm just pushing everything because, and if you're going to be with someone, if you're going to be with them for like ever in your mind, then yeah, fucking delay that shit as much as possible. And if you really, you're not, and you know, you're going to try to make her wait for 12 years. The answer to me, yeah, get out. How do you do that? That's where the fun begins. Not easy. <laughs> so crappy. Cause really, if you've been with someone for four years, yeah, newsflash, you're married. <laughs> What's the difference? The only difference is you can push back the kids and all that other stuff. You know, you can you can push back all the nonsense a little bit by not giving them all the cards out at once. Gotham. Okay, I didn't even really want to talk about this. And so I, I'm going to end on this. But I honestly, I, I, I didn't want to talk about this article. But like everyone kept sending it to me. And I felt like I should weigh in on it. The boys cast got a little bad press. <laughs> The kid, people weren't happy with the kid. So, Gotham, Gothamist, which is a New York publication, did an article saying, Brooklyn Comedy Club, Eastville, has been hosting indoor comedy shows despite COVID rules. And so what happened, there's this comedy club, Eastville, and among others, they've been going out of business, and they go, you know what, we're going to do some comedy shows, and then the tattletale industry, just, you know, they've written like three articles being like, this person's, this person's running a comedy show. This person's running a comedy show. The tattletale industry decided to put some press and then they made me like the centerpiece of the whole thing. So I'll read you what happened. It's, it's kind of funny, but it's also just like so ridiculous. Guidelines in the state liquor authority explicitly forbid live comedy, even in reopened restaurants. In emails to Gothamist, the SLA and confirmed that these guidelines are still in place. And a spokesperson for the New York City Health Department wrote that while comedy clubs are permitted to open in a restaurant capacity, no performances are allowed, which is ridiculous. You know, you're allowed to go to a bar. You're allowed to sit, have to go to a restaurant. You're allowed to sit, but you're not allowed to have someone on stage. What difference does it make? Well, according to their article, I guess laughing's worse. But that's not what the actual truth is. The actual truth of what the situation is is it's just an oversight. They haven't, they just don't care. They probably think that if they open up comedy clubs, then they're going to have to open up bigger things. They say maybe they think that it's going to be like a gateway to something else. But the truth is, there is no difference between people being in, you know, a, a little place eating their food and people being in a little place socially distanced with someone on the stage. 
strip clubs are doing this. And, you know, the other thing is, like, there's, like, illegal strip clubs open all over. And no one's ratting on those because it's a progressive, you know, thing to be into, like, you know, all that sort of stuff is, you know, a positive thing to like, right? So there's no way they would ever take down that. Or, like, a burlesque show. These people just hate comedy. They hate people like me. (laughs) And they see it happening and they go, take it down. And to be, you know, they get to sort of pretend they're on the good guys. Indoor risk for COVID-19 transmission increases as more air is exhaled. Like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, but if you're just talking with your friends like this, it's one thing. But if you're laughing, (laughs) like it's COVID city. Like, all right. I mean, dude, at this point you go, I don't. Okay. Shut it all down. Shut it all. Shut the world down. Sure. But the part is when they talk about this, it's like, I, I can see if someone feels safe, if, like, a, you know, as a safety and insp- safety head <laughs> and the tattletales, I don't, I don't think these are good faith. I think they just like to, you know, rat on people. But if I have someone that I've met, that's like, is that, you know, there are people that are just real worried. I remember, you know, talking to some people and the way they saw it is like, this is, you know, if I get it, like that'll be, I'll die, you know? And they just really, you know, it's, it's very serious. And I get if someone thinks that, but you can't, they can't see the other way where yes, four different comedy clubs, friends of mine, like you can't see the pain that it's causing the other way. Corner comedy club shutting down. They're trying to do a GoFundMe to raise money. The Creek and cave, which was like the home of Legion of skanks and all this other stuff for years, just announced yesterday big message. She was very nice to me when I first moved here, Rebecca. They said, you know, after years, I couldn't go into insurmountable debt that I'm closing this. It's like a legacy club that has tons of history. All these famous people did their specials there. They had a TV show, this historic place. They're shutting down. Like I said, the coroner. Uh, I know like four other clubs. Eastville was going to be one of them. And then this guy who, you know, you're saying this guy is the devil for opening this comedy club. Nobody said to me, I don't know him that well. But when I went to the comedy show, he, you know, he, he really likes me or whatever. And he likes the comedy so, or my stuff or whatever. So he was like, can you come headline, the, start headlining here? And then he goes, because I still like don't know all the clubs. When I first moved here, I was like, ah, it's one of those like Brooklyn clubs. <laughs> I kind of wrote it off. But he's, you know, sounds like he's a cool guy. And he, he goes, I was like, how, so how come you're like kind of doing this? And he was like, well, I have kids to feed. That's what he told me. He's like, dude, I have like two kids to feed and I have to pay rent on this building. And otherwise, like my kids are not going to have food to eat. Like we're going to go on like welfare, essentially. And that's the real story. That's what he said. He goes, or I go completely bankrupt, let it die, try to get another job in COVID, which is damn near impossible. So I go or I go from a comedy club owner who is supporting a family of people to we move out of our we we go to I go bankrupt move out of my house go pro like on social assistance I don't even know how that works or borrow some crazy amount of money and I go from a comedy club owner to a guy on welfare with a family to feed so those are his options and he decided that he goes so I'm going to start doing these comedy shows it's socially distanced everyone's wearing a mask He's trying all the different things. He goes, we're going to have most of the people is going to be on live streams. He's like, can we live stream your set? Because he can make some extra money doing this. He's trying to doing anything he can to just like keep his business kind of running. while still, you know, following the guidelines. Like this guy was very, you know, you walk in, he goes, go put the mask on. He's very into the mask. And just thinking that you're shutting this down and being like, I'm the good one. Sick, right? I'm shutting this down. He's like, you're so sick, dude. You know, shut it down. Whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Until I get to the part about me. <laughs> Another layer of risk lurks in the comics themselves. Many of the names on Eastville's calendars have been touring through the pandemic and performing in states with looser guidelines or at venues with lax enforcement, often flouting social distancing guidelines. I think you know who he's about to be talking about. <laughs> to take pictures with fans and friends. This includes comedian Ryan Long, who's expressed disdain for safety protocols. Now, first of all, in the other states, is stain for... Okay, so imagine you go, some states are open and some states there. There's obviously a difference of opinion. And my is... I'm not... I don't have a disdain for the safety protocols as much as I have disdain for the politicization of the safety protocols. I mean, anyone with a brain can see 
then the you know the the vaccine thing got announced like the day after they said Trump's out. It was just like so obvious, right? And of course, all this stuff's politicized and they just shut New York down again. And I don't know the answer. I've been doing a funny video on the street about um, because uh, the vaccines by Pfizer and I was saying to people, do you think that Pfizer is going to make all our dicks uh, soft in the vaccine so then they can sell us Viagra? (laughs) That's something I've been toying around with. Not toying around with. I already filmed it. We'll see if it's funny. I haven't edited it yet. But so I, it's like. Some governors are saying one thing. Some governors are saying other things. To say that, to have an opinion of which one of those you agree with doesn't make you like the devil. It just makes you someone that's weighing in with your opinion. But what they said about me and the boys. In an October episode of his podcast, he said, men don't like to wear masks because they're crappy. Crappy to wear, he told his listeners. (laughs) Ooh, you know. But out of the gates with these journalism pieces, you know, everyone knows how they misquote. It's kind of like there's a lot of things where I've been saying the bigger or more popular I've got, the more you notice all of these things because they start happening to you. Like people have these conspiracy theories about you and you go, well, that's not true. So then you start being a little more skeptical about conspiracy theories about other people. But anyway, I don't know if most people probably listen to that episode. But what I said was I say I didn't say men like to wear masks because they're crappy to wear. My point was that there was an article saying that men wear masks. Men don't want to wear masks right now because they think they are going to look more ugly. That was the statement made by this article. I can't remember who it was by. There's a clip. They said men men don't want to wear masks because they think it makes them look sexy. And then they showed some really sexy guy, Tom Hardy. And they were like, look, Tom Hardy in a mask. And I said, that's not the reason that they don't want to wear them. You know, like there's a million reasons. Like when you're jogging, you don't want to wear it because it's annoying. And again, I'll wear the mask if I'm on the subway, if I'm in, you know, not with my friends and I ideally not anywhere, but like I just adhere to the social standards of wherever. If I'm on the airplane, yeah, I'm not afraid of getting, I I wouldn't want to wear it. But when I go there and that's what everyone's doing, I don't like get get taken off the flight kicking and screaming like that Asian dude, that one video, like by my freedoms. I just, you know, I adhere to the same way I would in normal life. If I go to a place and they act a certain way, you, you kind of fit into the thing. I'm not just co- constantly trying to like stir up turmoil in my normal life, like on the subway and people are looking at me like, why don't you wear a mask? And I'm like, suck my dick mask. No, I still do whatever. I go to the comedy club. I put the mask on. If it was my comedy club, may- would I run it differently? Maybe. I don't know. But I just, yeah, it doesn't mean you won't do it, but you don't wear a mask because it sucks. Obviously, who wants to wear a fucking mask? And then, and, and okay, then they go, and you aren't likely to be impacted by coronavirus. That's a factual statement. That's what Ryan said. And again, no context. They said, they said, also, men are under the misconception that they aren't likely to be impacted by coronavirus or some version of that. They said, men don't think that, you know, men don't think they're likely to be inc- impacted by coronavirus. And I said, well, you aren't. And it's like my factual statement that he's quoting is in true. doesn't mean that you can't get it to reiterate. It doesn't mean that you can't get it. It doesn't mean that people aren't dying from it. And it doesn't mean this isn't like a real thing. That's fucking up everything. But you as an individual, as a person that, you know, has a math degree myself, there's something called probabilities and statistics. So if you said, what percentage are you likely to be impacted by coronavirus? And you said, I don't know, like 20%. Well, is that unlikely? And then you could also say, what's impacted mean? If you get it and there's no symptoms and you didn't even notice, I don't consider, I wouldn't say that would be impacted. So what, now what, what's the percentage down that you actually like have something bad happen to you? Are we down to like 1%? Are we down to 0.1%? Like what, what would be considered likely? I mean, I guess we could say 50%, right? 50% is probably likely. If you said someone's likely to win the election, I think we'd go with 50%. So if we're down at about 1%, I think you're unlikely to be impacted by it. You're unlikely to be hit by a car. It doesn't mean you shouldn't wear your seatbelt, but you are unlikely to be hit by a car. <laughs> in, an interv- in a September interview with Roseanne Barr, he said, people are sick of health restrictions and criticize New Yorkers and Californians for being overcautious. Yes, I think they're being 
overcautious for political reasons. And that is also factually true that people are sick of health restrictions. That's like not an opinion. <laughs> do you think that no one is impacted by, do you think that there's no one in the world that is sick of it? I said some people are in, are sick of the restrictions. So it goes on and on and on. But I see both sides of this. Listen, I understand if you're like a health professional and you're seeing it and you're trying to make do with you're trying to, you know, make it work and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also seeing people's livelihoods be crushed. And I go, we got to strike some sort of a balance. And I don't think this is the right balance. Oh, these imagine just like being a person that wakes up and writes articles to take down comedy clubs. What a life. What a couple weeks, eh? This has been crazy. I got lots of funny videos coming out. I'm really like, this is the first video in a while that I'm filming this weekend that I, I was going to sleep just like chuckling to myself about it. And I got the new merch, bbbofficial.com. And on new episode on the Patreon, lots of stuff. Everyone's been supportive. I appreciate everyone's messages. Everyone sharing the podcast on social media. People who post the videos on Reddit, that helps a lot. You know, that's a lot of times they go viral through there. So people have been, you know, anyone who wants to do that, if you're in like any Reddit threads or stuff like that, when you take the the Monday videos and post them there, it kind of helps a lot. And telling all the friends in person, the boys movement is taking over. BBB. <laughs> okay. I didn't want, honestly, didn't want to cover that article because I was like, I don't want to draw attention to these people. But everyone kept coaxing me. I was like, you got to talk about this. Look at this guy trashing you. <laughs> okay. Ryan Long signing off for the boys. Peace. Boys.